and welcome everyone to another wonderful episode of Red Wine and Mystery Stories. Ooh, yeah. Top podcast for listening to two drunken friends talk about mysteries and other random crap. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Jill Buck, and uh, who am I joined here with today? Who am I joined here with? Oh, yeah. Uh, welcome. Thanks for having me. My name is Patrick. I'm done. I'm here, as always, just here to, uh, you know, liven the place up, just add some color to the table. And uh, we are joining you tonight live from the morgue because Patrick is poking his head out of one of those freezer drawers today. It's a little chilly where I'm at. Uh, I can see my breath. Uh, Sorry, guys. Sorry, I can see my breath tonight. Yeah. uh, Can you see your breath tonight? (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to uh, special guest star Elton John. (laughs) Sir Elton. Still alive as of this recording. Still among us. Still here in the flesh. Yes, especially considering we apparently like... (laughs) <laughs> may have may have brought about the unwitting demise of Sean Connery just by speaking his name in one of our previous apps. No, we never actually said his name. We talked about it in a previous oh, like, that's right. jaunt. We, and then town. we talked about um, James Bond in general. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it like an unwitting demise. He was like 90 years old. So no, like, I know. But we like, hold him on a higher pedestal because he's a celeb. I guess. Well, that's what everybody seems to do. Like, they seem to, like, act like it's a complete tragedy when an older person dies when they're a celebrity. Yeah. Like, you see all the posts on, like, Facebook today and stuff. And, like, the world is ending. This is really the last straw for 2020. And it's like, um, yeah. old man passed away. Old man passed away. Probably after, like, a long bout of, I don't know, something. something. Yeah. I don't know. He hasn't, like, acted in a long ass time. So it's not like we're missing yeah. him from anything. Like twenty, like oh six, I think was the last time he was like in a movie. It's true. It's been it's a hot true. minute. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck you guys." Workshop in my Sean Connery voice. Solds, solds. I have adopted. I'm just given up on everything. I don't have time for this anymore. I just want to sit home with my horses, <laughs> Bessie and Stu. You do a terrible accent. By well, the way. I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't think I was going to be doing Sean Connery tonight. If I, if I had known I was going to be Sean Connery, I maybe would have put a little more effort into it. Yeah, yeah. You're doing, like, kind of a British accent, and he has a Scottish accent. So. I don't fucking know. Jesus Christ. I Do you know. think I know, like, his biography? Do you think I saw his behind the actor's studio? sounds, though, Alex. <laughs> yeah, all right. Chuck it, Trebek. Yeah, all right. <laughs> then, all right, then you be him. All right, then you fucking be no, him. No, 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 no. Come on, be the ghost of, of Khan. The Khan ghost. The ghost of Sean Connery here. He's here to tell you trouble. <laughs> I sound like I'm doing, like, um... Um, who's, like, the weird fucking, like, mutant thing that was in Hannibal? Like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Um, Hannibal the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. save me, Hannibal, don't, don't. Oh, yeah, that gets eaten by his pigs. <laughs> yeah, save me, kill Clarice's dead Hannibal. Oh. <laughs> My that's, God. What, that's what I feel like my Sean Connery is. It's like a morphed version of that. Oh, God. Maybe with like a little bit of like Scrooge McDuck in there or something. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. Also Scottish, by the way. Apparently not good at this. Not good at this. All right. Uh, what's this podcast about? We're already like we already off the rails. That. The hot rails. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure we got into the the nitty gritty of it? She's over there yeah. playing a video game on her phone, by I'm the way. Not, I just wanna... No, I'm confirming my freaking flight information for tomorrow so that I don't forget to do it, ass. Oh, yeah, because you'll never get out of here if you never if you don't log in a hot 24 hours before. <sighs> I just got the, the side glare. The side glare. She's like, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to fucking... 
don't know, douse the house in gasoline and light a match before I leave. And I'm going to be like Elvira when she blows up the gas station and Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Good movie, by the way. Good movie. That's my jail voice, too. Yeah. All right. That's inaccurate. I know. I wasn't. I didn't sound stern enough. I wasn't as stern as as your angry. My angry voice is angry. Oh, I know. I've heard. I've heard you yell at customers on the phone before. Uh, I never <laughs> yelled at customers. I may have had to be louder so that un, um, hard of hearing people could hear me. And but at least I never got called Jessica when my name is Patrick. That's all right. Uh, they probably called you Jim. <laughs> no, I got Joanne a lot. Oh, Joanne. There was that one um, person that called me Jolene. Oh. And I almost broke into song a la Dolly Parton. Ooh, that would have been great. You know what? That would have been great. All right. You want to pull from the mystery hat, the crime pace hat? Yeah, I think we uh, had decided to do that. You hear that sound? That is not the sound of eight hungry women it is the sound <laughs> of we have two stray index cards each with a topic our uh, topic that we hold dear to our heart so i'm gonna just i guess throw one at you and then you're, you're gonna read um, it i <laughs> <laughs> you, you ready to catch no <laughs> no let me won't we uh, i can i can pick i all can right. pick okay they're all shook up you shook all me all night long uh-huh. oh you did like elvis and i was doing like ecdc <laughs> How's my um that guy from ACDC? Eh. I was gonna call him Bono. <laughs> no. Bono is it, a tool. Is his name Bonham? I feel like his name is Bonham. I don't think so. I don't know. What, what did we pick? What? Um, the People versus Lizzie Borden. Ooh. I fun fact, when I was in like High school at some point. I think it was like uh, sophomore in high school or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I did a report on Lizzie Borden. Ooh, so you, you might have some um, little data floating around and yeah, dendrites. Have a little, I have a little bit of knowledge in the noggin still left over. Uh, I feel like, you know what, as I start talking about it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of the time that, um, I don't know, she walked around her house naked and hit her mom with an axe, uh, <laughs> which yeah. I think happens, right? She, she, um, I don't know if she was naked. I thought, like, she didn't want to get clothes all, I mean, blood all over her, like, nightgown. So she, like, took all her clothes off, went down, killed her parents, and, like, went back upstairs and, like, put her nightgown on. I don't remember that part of it, but, um, I know that one of the reasons that she was acquitted is because she was, um, had been diagnosed with this, what we would call today a form of, like, epilepsy. Yeah. But they just called it, like... A fit, you know, hysterical. it was like, people might be in a fit and, but like in an epileptic state where they might be like seizing or, um, like completely unaware of what they're doing. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that it said in the book that I was referencing, which was like very much, you know, the terminology of the time and stuff. Uh. And they were saying that a person might be on a diet and find themselves walking out of a bakery eating donuts <laughs> after having previously laid down to take a nap. <laughs> like, um, so like it, it was almost like these like uh, not uh, schizophrenic states, but like these weird like um, just states of people sleepwalking. I guess not sorta. really sleepwalking though. They would be conscious, just unaware of what was happening. And I think it's like. 
it, it at one point was deemed like a type of epilepsy or something. So she had been diagnosed with this. So they couldn't rule out that she wasn't in this weird, like state. catatonic state practically when she committed these murders. Like there was like little doubt that she actually like cut everybody up. But the question remained like, was she aware that she was doing that? Ooh, we'll they get- couldn't, they couldn't, um, prove one way or the other. So that's one of the main reasons she was acquitted. Also, there was a lot of evidence that like... <laughs> You're she, reading all my facts, girl. You're reading all my facts. Oh, see, this is like, <laughs> this is all the stuff that I just remember. So like, uh. there was a lot of like, um, disagreement among people because it was well known that she was very close with her father. Yeah. They had a very good relationship and they... A lot of people couldn't square in their own minds. Like, why would she then kill him? Like, it makes well, sense that she would have killed her stepmother because she freaking hated her stepmother and everybody kind of knew that. But nobody could really determine, like, beyond a shadow of a doubt, why the hell she would have then killed her stepfather. Because uh, she's a crazy bitch. That's why. <laughs> Well, that's one of the things that was like, okay, she must have been in this weird fit state, you know, and wasn't aware of what she was doing because she had killed her father who was like, you know, the light of her life. Well, maybe he walked in. Maybe he was, she just wanted to kill mm. mom, uh, mommy Darius. And he, he was asleep. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe she thought it was somebody else. Maybe she thought it was Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, so nearly a century before. Actually, hold on. Hold on. You're talking about this like epileptic fit that you aforementioned a few minutes ago i must have it because i just like wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and just like eat like fucking snacks galore no but like you're conscious that you're doing that no i wake up and do it no like like you wake up and you know you're awake and you're physically getting up and doing it you don't wake up mid-eating right uh i don't know to be honest with you this would be something where somebody like basically lays down to take a nap wakes up downtown eating a bag of fucking donuts. Well, I don't need to go. And the last thing they remember is laying down to take a nap on their couch, like out in the countryside. Like, so you're not like getting up, driving a car completely under unaware of that. You're like leaving your house or getting up, opening the fridge, heating something up, cooking, whatever. And then wake up mid eating. Uh, no, but I wake, I don't even like think I wake up. I might just be like walking around with my eyes closed. And, but I wake up the next day and I always have like, I don't know, like cookie crumbs on me or something. And I don't remember why, but I know that I got up and ate cookies because there was like Reese's and <laughs> cookie crumbs and like a bag of Oreos. It was like, I have like eaten like a whole like tin of Pringles, like middle of the night. Okay. Without any I, I think that's memory. more sleepwalking. I don't think that's quite the same thing. But I'm just hungry as fuck. Like I just want to eat food in the middle of the night. Maybe I deprive myself of all, all the <laughs> necessities that I need, like... I doubt Lots it. of sodium and I doubt it. And saturated fat that I need. <laughs> like, no, I doubt it. So do you want to give us a little background on who Lizzie Borden is for those people who might not be familiar with the like rhyme and whatnot? Yeah, all right. So now um, that I busted the case wide open. <laughs> yeah. So no, you didn't, because I have info too. So Aww. way before the media hullabaloo of our boy not our boy, OJ Simpson, the people versus OJ Simpson, we had a little girl. Actually, not even a girl. She's a stoic 32-year-old spinster named Lizzie Borden. Uh, She transformed her textile mill-ridden hometown of Fall River, Massachusetts into a city fueled by murder mania. The crime, in case, you know, you didn't hear Jill's little preamble a minute ago. On the morning, mid-morning of 
August 4th, 1892, the husband and wife duo, Andrew and Abby Borden. Which were, Abby was her stepmother. Stepmother, yep. Yep, her mother, Sarah, had passed away, correct? Right. Uh, Yeah, something like, like years before. Was she yeah. married? We don't know. Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. I yeah. think it was a, like... <laughs> died of some illness that they had no idea what it was and probably was like cancer or something. Syphilis. She died of complications from syphilis. <laughs> well, that's... You never know. That's Andrew's fault. Uh, <laughs> so they found Andy and Abby bludgeoned to death in their home with gaping hatchet wounds in their skulls. Gaping wounds. They, I don't think that was bludgeoned to death because that implies a blunt instrument. They were hacked to death by a with an axe. Is that or hatchet? Is, is that the difference between hacked and bludgeoned? Yeah, bludgeoning is done with a, a blunt object and doesn't usually involve like opening open wounds. Know. Like you're bludgeoned to death with a bowling pin. <sighs> so it just says a a bl- to bludgeon to be bludgeoned is just repeatedly hit with something. Uh, I don't know. I don't don't think that's the full truth there. Uh, Beat someone repeatedly with a bludgeon or other object. A bludgeon is a blunt object. Oh, God. God. I'd have to look up this shit. Noun. A thick stick with a heavy end used as a weapon. But it could also kind of be an axe because that kind of looks like a... Let me see. This is the problem with you sitting over there. I can't see the fucking computer screen. You don't need to see the computer screen. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck that thing is. Like, what is that? Anyway, getting back. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Abby and Andrew were found hacked to death. Thank you. In their home with gaping hatchet wounds in their skulls. So, I don't know. You know what? Fuck it. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to still say bludgeoned. I like the word bludgeoned. And I'm using it. So anyway. Fuck off. Allegedly, the only two living souls who were home and survived this massacre was Lizzie, uh, Andrew's daughter, and um, Bridget Sullivan, the maid. Um, Lizzie's sister, Emma, was conveniently out of town that day, visiting friends in nearby Fairhaven. It didn't take too much for the town folk and local police to finger Lizzie Borden with the crime of murdering her daddy and stepmommy. Lizzie was then arrested seven days later. Uh, leading up to the biggest media circus the country had ever experienced, which ended up resulting in Lizzie being acquitted of these heinous crimes. Yes. Is that a good word, heinous? Yes. You I, approve of I the approve usage? I that, yeah. All right, so Lizzie's trial took place the following summer in the neighboring town of New Bedford, and she assembled the greatest team of lawyers money could buy. Yeah, because they were pretty wealthy. Yeah. Andrew Borden was a wealthy man who acquired a significant sum of money through property deals and running several textile mills. And despite her being on trial for her father's murder, Lizzie reaped the benefits of her father's uh, fast penny pension wallet. So, like, she was, like, still basically She inherited paid. everything. It's because she was acquitted. That's yeah. why she still inherited everything. Yeah, but um, I, you know, she was still getting it, like, while she was on trial, though, too, because it's yeah. just, that was just the way it was. Yeah. Uh, so, some prominent facts from the trial. Um, a hatchet head found in the basement, which was believed to be the weapon, was missing a handle. The prosecutors argued that Lizzie, or the killer in quotes, uh, disposed of the handle due to it being soaked in blood. Testifying officers had provided contradictory information, stating that a hatchet handle was found while others saying 
the handle wasn't found. So it's kind of like... So it was like a he said, she said. Yeah. yeah. And this could have been a key piece of evidence, but it right. was just... I, I could just picture Lizzie's like dream team of lawyers, her like Kardashian type guy. <laughs> yeah. Probably just kept bringing up the hatchet handle. And he's like, we need the hatchet handle yeah. in order to convict her of this crime. Right. And then like, I don't know. The- and it was either like misplaced or never really found. And since the... The police officers in charge of the investigation don't really have a, um, a, a like their facts in order. Like some of them are saying, yeah, there was a handle that we found. And some are like, no, shut up. We didn't fucking find it because I lost it. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of like. Stomping on a foot. Like, <laughs> yeah, like some are saying they didn't find one. Some were saying it was found. So was this something that was like found separately or nearby, just separated from the the hatchet head and maybe then misplaced. Yeah. And yeah. so there was, you know, um incongruous discussion. Uh, so is there just like a random actual like hatchet blade just like lying around like, well that's it, but there's no there's no handle, so we can't accuse like we can't Well, if the hatchet didn't have any blood on it, like if that had been cleaned, yeah. that's why the hatchet handle like cause it, it was oh, wooden. Yeah. It would, like, absorb the blood, I guess. Right. It would have been, like, stained and not, like, you wouldn't have been able to properly clean it, whereas, like, a metal hatchet head, you you could have, yeah. I mean, I don't know why she wouldn't just throw another handle on it and be like, you see? (laughs) It's not like she could go down to, like, frickin' Ace Hardware and pick one up. Like She had seven days before she was arrested. She had all the time in the world. It's not something that was mass-produced at that point. Uh, Oh, you know what? They would have, um, she would have walked in the store and bought one, and they would have been like, hmm, this is odd. Yeah. This is peculiar. Yeah, and it also would have come up in the trial if she had gone and bought one. And like I said, it's not something that you just went out and was like, I just need a standard hatchet handle. Oh, there's like 50 million of them at freaking Lowe's. No, like that that kind of thing. Mass production wasn't really a thing. Uh, A lot of that stuff and widespread availability. Even things that were mass produced, you didn't have a lot of widespread availability in a lot of areas. So she might have had to, and and things weren't also standard measure. Like if this was something, the hatchet was made by like a local blacksmith, she would have had to have gone back to the same person with like the actual hatchet head to get a fitting handle. I don't know. I think this is the strangest part of it because I, I think the missing handle is a little more incriminating than the actual handle is like being there. I don't know. Not necessarily. And again, where people, it might not have actually been missing. It could have been misplaced by the police. Like it could have been actually found, you know, maybe it was just like separate, but nearby or something. Yeah. And they had it and then somebody misplaced it. So there was a story change of a, oh, it's, it's missing. So that's, you know, that's uh, um, suspicious. But now it's like, Oh, but no, it wasn't actually missing. We did find it, but we don't have it anymore. Um, you know, there's the the like discrepancies in the police story are very suspect. During the inquest of Lizzie Borden, no bloody clothing was found. However, a friend had claimed to witness Lizzie burning a dress in her stove a few days following the crime. Said it was ruined when she had accidentally brushed her dress against paint. <laughs> Which happened. One popular theory was that Lizzie Borden had committed the crimes in the nude to avoid splattering paint on her dress, as popularized in the 1975 television film uh, The Legend of Lizzie Borden, starring Elizabeth Montgomery as the accused axe wielder, who you may know as being uh, Samantha Stevens on Bewitched. 
Yes. It was also mentioned that a day before the murders, Lizzie visited a local druggist to purchase prussic acid, but was refused. This incident was excluded from the trial, possibly saving her skin from being burned at the stake. Yeah, because that would have been like a poison or something, right? Yeah. Like the the suspicion was that she was trying to purchase that to poison her stepmother because she freaking hated her stepmother and she loved her father and she just wanted to get rid of her stepmother. In the days leading up to the murder, a mysterious illness had struck the household. It was believed that the family may have been slowly being poisoned. However, during tests, no evidence of poison was discovered. Uh, was it the doings of Lizzie, Bridget, Emma, or some other shady unknown foe? Ooga, ooga. Um, also, during the autopsy, uh, Andrew and Abby's heads were removed, and the badly damaged skulls were presented as evidence during the trial, which um, when Bowden was in the um, court that day, she like had swooned over and fainted. She's like, oh! Yeah, just fell onto her fainting chair. See, yeah, seeing the uh, the crushed skull yeah. of her father. Yeah, um, I'm like sure she put up a fucking like act. I can just picture her. Oh, I'm just sure. Being, yeah. Yeah. So either Lizzie Borden got away with murder, or someone else did the crime. Uh, police had never made any subsequent arrests following the trial. <laughs> you are a menace tonight. And the incident has been considered a cold case for a well over a century. Yes. Yet the murder of the Bordens continued to haunt true crime enthusiasts for well over a hundred years later. So I got some like hut theories. I got a few that Yeah, kinda... that people have like brought up. Yes. Um they're pretty interesting. They're not So now the, the best, um, but... I believe so the the stepmother was found upstairs in the bedroom the bedroom i believe and the father was downstairs on the couch and the belief is that um the stepmother was killed first and then the father was killed and the uh, should we say the rhyme the like little rhyme that everybody knows this by so the Rhyme is Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done, gave her father 41. So like the the whole theory was she killed her stepmother and then realized like this is blatantly my dad is going to see that I killed her and then I'm going to be in deep shit. So to cover up that she killed her father, which was where a lot of people had trouble believing that because of her devotion to her father and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's a good alibi, I guess, right? We were not really in, like, forensic times. So yeah, I think exactly. people were... just kind of go by alibis or Right, or, whatever. like, you know... Motives. This was the time when people were like, but she loved her father so much and she was such a sweet girl. And that was enough to, like, acquit her. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's widely believed that the murders were committed by, committed by someone within the household. So whether it was Lizzie or Bridget, uh, they were the only two that were home that morning, and it's possible the two maybe were in cahoots with each other. The Borden house had a very odd layout. It lacked interior hallways that made it nearly impossible for like, any kind of privacy whatsoever. And the walls um, were described as being flimsy, like paper thin. Yeah. So I just says any kind of noise or anything, I, I feel like Bridget would have heard it. Yeah, because yeah, this was, like, during like when the, um, the stepmom was, like, taking a nap, and I think Bridget was, too, right? Or, yeah, or like... She, yeah, she was yeah. in the house. Like, it yeah. was, like... This was, like, their siesta time or oh, some shit. Well, here's... We'll get into it. So, um, Lizzie provided a rather frustrated and contradictory interview with the p- police, uh, raising question as to why no one seemed to hear the thud of a dropping body on the second floor. <laughs> Lizzie explained that she was in the barn behind the house... 
Yet police found no footprints or evidence that she may have been out there. Uh, and Bridget was supposedly somewhere outside after being ordered to wash the windows on a particular hot summer morning. However, if this were true that they were both outdoors during the murders, neither had claimed to see a third party enter or exit the house. So I don't know. <laughs> like even if she was outside Bridget and Lizzie was in the house, I, I feel yeah. like she obviously didn't see anybody else enter the house. So she's either in cahoots or I mean, obviously Lizzie did. So however, uh, Andrew Borden was a wealthy man. He was allegedly wildly unpopular in the town of Fall River. Uh, a day before the murders, Liz- Lindsay visited with a friend. Lizzie. I know. Lizzie visited with a friend, Alice Russell, and appeared agitated and worried about some impending doom that was about to defall- befall her family. Uh, so either Lizzie has, like, she was carefully covering her tracks. Or some nefarious villain invaded the boarding house that morning and managed to avoid being spotted by both Lizzie and Bridget. So, and I kind of, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. Um, Also, in the ensuing months, uh, rumors crept up about an illegitimate boarding son who strolled back into town in an attempt to extort large sums of money from Andrew. Uh, When the extortion attempts failed, the bastard child bludgeoned, hacked (laughs) hacked his long-lost daddy... And portly second bride in a fit of rage. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that one. That's wild out there. I so Lizzie or Bridget didn't see a like. I, I feel like the son came into town, like the long lost son. They would have known he was there. It's not like he's just going to come in yeah. and murder him like right away. You never know, especially if he huh? came in and realized that like. Most of the people that lived in the house were out for the day, and the people that did live in the okay. house were all like napping. Yeah, he might have taken advantage of that. Unless the extortion attempt happened like previous to this morning, like this was another day. Right. I don't know. I feel like a strange man like that, though, coming into town and going into the house on like mid morning day is a little noticeable, especially in the summertime. A lot of people are out and about and stuff and they're going to be like, who's this strange man walking through town? You know, everyone, I feel like everyone knew everybody back in the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although Lizzie's sister Emma was out of town that day, one theory suggests that she secretly returned to Fall River with murder on her mind. Mm. It said that Lizzie and Emma began to separate uh, themselves from their father and stepmother in the years preceding the murders. And, Emma could have used the alibi of being in a neighboring town to cover her tracks, possibly with the assistance of Lizzie and Bridget. So, like, maybe they're all in it together, and you know yeah, what? Yeah, they're all in cahoots. Yeah, Lizzie kind of got the brunt of the the fingering of the crime, so Emma just kind of was like, all right, peace out. And she just kind of bounced and just kind of let the city do what they wanted to do with it, so. And then um, there's the story of Lizzie's rarely talked about uncle, uh, John Morris. Yes. He had been in town the night before the murders. It's believed that Lin- uh, he, <laughs> it's believed that he was in town seeking a monetary handout from his former brother-in-law. And as John was the brother of Andrew's first wife, uh, the police had once considered him a suspect, but nothing like specific ever tied him to the mm-hmm. murder. You know, like, right? I guess so. As they couldn't find concrete evidence. Like, so he could have walked off with the handle. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I know. It's not like they didn't call him. Like, do you happen to have a handle to a hatchet, Mister Morris? And he's right, like, oh like, no, <laughs> yeah, that's just a broomstick. Mm. That's just a mailed broomstick. What are you talking about? That's a lot of the popular theories. I don't. I mean, you did a book report, as you said back in the day. Yeah, and mine was mostly on like 
the reasons she was acquitted and things like that. Uh Like I, I went over the basics of like the murder and then the like meat and bones of like why she was acquitted. This was, you know, this is a high school paper for like some English class. I honestly, I, I, I BS my way through this. So, you know how, (laughs) you know, you know how I used to like, if I read like the first chapter and the last chapter, I can figure out the rest in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of what I did. Um, and I picked up the key points that Uh, way. So the, the first chapter was probably like who they are. (laughs) And the last chapter was like everything laid out. (laughs) Yeah. Everything laid out about like why she was acquitted Uh, with the trial and stuff. Was it a long ass book? Like a long, it was, it was like average, you know, average book, but it was like small print. It was like an older book too. uh, So it had like older terminology for things. You're like, yeah. I don't know what a what bludgeoned means. I have to look it up. What is no, a bludgeon? No, I knew what fucking bludgeoned meant. Well, sorry. I wasn't um, raised on a Middleborough education. I don't know these yeah, key things. Yeah, well... Um, I didn't live I in the woods. Say, I wouldn't say Middleborough was really what gave me my, like, my yeah. vocabulary and understanding of things. I'm pretty sure that was, like, my parents and upbringing at home. <laughs> so, did you know that you can actually stay at the murder house? You can... It's, it's kind of like a bed and breakfast now yes so it's closed right now and i think it's actually on the market for sale what but it is, yeah it's a um it previously was a bed and breakfast you could stay there they also did um just ghost tours yeah. occasionally so you could go for just the ghost tour or you could spend a hefty amount and stay there overnight and um you know you could spend the night in um, like the the parents' bedroom, basically. Where the um, yeah, and there's a lot of reported activity of like people seeing like dead bodies on the floor oh. and stuff like that that aren't really there. And there was this one little anecdotal story I read at one point from somebody who stayed there unwittingly, like didn't know the story of Lizzie Borden. Ooh. They got caught in like this really bad rainstorm and they couldn't. It was like, the only thing that had vacancy. <laughs> basically. Yeah. They, they like the bridge washed out or something like they couldn't get where they needed to go. It was like a, a married couple or whatever. Is this like they, a long ass time ago or is this? This like was recent? probably eighties or something like okay, that. So like holiday and express is not nearby. Yeah, or like something. This, is, this isn't like, Hey, we have cell phones and we can call a friend in the area. Yeah. And it, was late at night and the only thing that was still open and had any rooms available was this little bed and breakfast so they stayed but um as they were settling into the room uh i think it was like the woman went into the 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 husband was still like downstairs or something and the woman went into the bathroom that was attached to the bedroom and came out and there was somebody sitting on the bed and she was like oh i'm so sorry i i think you're in the wrong room or maybe I am. And the person like didn't speak to her. She's wearing old timey clothes. um, So she went downstairs and she was like, there's someone in our room. And it was like a a woman like wearing like this big, like, you know, so it's a dress or whatever. It's um, the stepmom room. I want to. Yes. Or it was either the stepmom or the maid. I can't remember. And it was and the, they were like, you know, I I don't know if we're in the wrong room or whatever. And the person came upstairs with them and there was nobody around. And the woman from the front desk was like, did she look like this? And then oh, like, like showed a-, a picture and she was like, that's her. And they were like, oh, honey, you just saw a ghost. <laughs> and they then they like found out like this is like a common thing. And it was it was a, it was a cute little like anecdotal story. But uh, it's a cute yeah. story. However, um, I'm kind of inclined to not believe it only because I, all right, even if it happens to be the only well, it was vacant place in town, 
from the area. They were from like well out of town. Oh, I know. But I feel like they're going to come in, though. And they're going to like I just feel like there's probably like artwork in the area or like yeah, no, like was, little books were, and pamphlets. It was in the middle of the night and they were drenched with rain. They were okay. just like, we need to like get into a place so we can like be safe, get out of the rain, dry off and like hunker down for the night. They weren't fucking paying attention to any of that shit because they weren't thinking, hey, this is like some historic thing. They were just like, oh, cute. All right, let's get to our room and go to uh, bed. I don't know. I still see like I can still see like um, the wife is like taking care of the financials with the clerk, and the husband's just kind of like looking around, was, and he's reading like the sign on the no, the because little, the like, husband anic- was like finishing getting them booked in, okay. and she went up to like change out of her wet clothes. Uh, I don't know. I. I, I feel like like the clerk at the desk would still be like, well, you can stay in the murder room no, or you can stay in the guest hall, the guest room. It was next before, to- I think it was before it was like a huge attraction. I don't know. Uh, so it wasn't like the Lizzie Borden Museum bed and breakfast or whatever it's called now. It, right. It wasn't as like big uh, a destination. Yeah. All right. like, um, it was still probably in the earlier days of it or whatever. If, if the couple who stayed there in 1986... Um, if you listen to this, send us a hot uh, message and just tell us, tell us what happened. I love how you assign it a specific year. I don't know. I I, I was like, I think it was maybe in the eighties, maybe early nineties. I don't know. Some psychic, some odd psychic energy just sends the number 1986 to me for some reason. I'm just picturing like the guy has like eighties John Stamos hair. Oh Jesus. (laughs) And the wife is, I don't know, Lori Lachlan type. She's like, no, no, you know what? I, I, I feel like they're Canadian. They're a Canadian couple for some reason. I don't know why. I feel like they. I don't think they were. They were coming from Montreal. They were going to a wedding in Connecticut, and they got they got caught up in Fall River. No, because they were on their way home. I think from somewhere. All right, they were heading back to Montreal. New England. They were French. <laughs> how how um, could they live in New England and not know the story? No, they were visiting someone in New England and okay. heading home from New England and didn't get very far but weren't able to get back to their friend's house. Okay, whatever. I mean Jesus Christ, you don't pay attention to a word. Why can't they be going to Canada though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I just, think it was the right direction. I don't know. Maybe they were like staying in Rhode Island. Maybe they were like a hot uh, night in Providence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what other stuff do you have regarding Lizzie Borden? Uh, so, in the years following Lizzie's acquittal, um, she remained in Fall River and was ostracized by its uh, citizens. Which, she wasn't, like, super friendly with a lot of the townsfolk anyway, I believe. Even before this, she wasn't, like, personable Lizzie who's friends with everyone. She was kind of, like, uh, kept to herself, didn't want anything to do with people. My kind of gal. I get like just um like snooty vibes from her, and just uh, like uh, it's her way of the highway is Lizzie. Like she's getting money. Just she just didn't like to associate with people. Yeah, and I, like even Which, I feel like her I sister probably hated her, and Bridget probably I, was honestly, just like. Honestly, uh. I don't think it was necessarily that she was snooty. She just didn't like people, and she wasn't going to tolerate bullshit. She's also noted as like you know, cursing at times, which is, you know, very unladylike for the time. So, yeah, I um, I stand. <laughs> her and her sister, they used a portion of their hefty inheritance, mm-hmm. and they bought a larger home in a ritzier part of town named, and named their manor Maplecroft. Uh, so the two lived together until 1905, when their relationship deteriorated after a party Lizzie held for actress Nance O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what happened, but the two sisters hardly ever spoke in their later years. They strangely both passed away within a week of each other in the summer of 27. 
And the whole family, like, including Andrew and Abby, they're all, like, buried together in the family plot. (laughs) Well, that would make sense because, you know, they already had, they probably already had, like, plots assigned to the various people in the family. So it's not something that would be commonplace for, like, somebody random to just, you know, put them in another location. They would go in the family plot regardless of, like... What tumultuous I, like, crap going on. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the Netflix Lizzie Borden, like, dra- dramatized TV series? Is No. Um, I remember the one with Christina Richie. That's that it, came yeah. Out. Oh, that's from Lifetime. Oh, Lifetime I don't know. did that when we were still working at the bank together, because I remember we talked about it. Um, I had it, like, on my DVR, and you were like, have you watched any of it yet? And I was like, I couldn't make it more than, like, 20 <laughs> minutes in. Not having it. It was just not done well. Uh, yeah, I watched it all like one weekend. I think Netflix had them all on there and I watched it. And it um, it's written from the perspective that she did do the crimes. And she actually, like, continues to murder. Like, she's still going at it. Yeah, it's completely (laughs) fictionalized. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has nothing to really do with the actual case. Uh, But they use a lot of the characters and a lot of the players that are in it. Like, I think the uncle comes back in in an episode, and the actress, Nance O'Neill, is in it. Because that's what keeps people watching. Yeah, and, like, um, these people, she keeps, like, killing these people. And um, I I, I don't know if it's a sister or Bridget. There's another like female character in the uh, in the series series or whatever it was. Yeah, and like she ends up like finding out at the end, and she like runs out of the house. I think it is a sister. She's like, oh, like, she, like, <laughs> oh my god, that's, take, and that's like for the like lead into the estrangement. But, yeah, like she just continuously gets away with crimes. It's kind of like um like Sopranos like in a way, but just not done as good. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I was not impressed with it. Like, right from the very beginning, I was like, ugh, they do not portray this character well, and I don't like the writing, and I don't like this at all, and so I just gave up on it. I think they, like, flash back to, like, the actual crime a lot, though. Like, there's yeah. a lot of... They do that whole thing. Yep. Um, anyway, she's 100% guilty. She again, Without further ado, I'm like, I don't know who else could have done it. But. Um, I mean, in all honesty, it was a time frame where it's like, you know, the, the doors weren't often locked in most houses. Yeah. So, like, if everyone was truly napping, if she was, like, also off napping in some other room, somebody could have just walked into the house and... Did like, it real quick and walked out? Yeah, knowing that she would be blamed, too. Especially if it was someone that had been turned down. Like a hobo? Trying, well, <laughs> if it was somebody, like, a relative or, you know, former associate or something who was, like, trying to get money out of Andrew... Oh, yeah, yeah. And had been turned down and, like, turned away. Maybe they were bitter and they knew specifically, like, the sister was out of the house. Oh, everybody is very quiet in the house right now. Ah, I can easily do this. It's well known that, you know, uh, Lizzie hates her stepmother. So if I murder the stepmother along with Andrew, that sets up this perfect crime. And then maybe, you know, if she is found guilty of these murders... She might not have gotten the money and this other person hypothetically could have like reaped some benefit of it, especially if it was like a former business partner or even somebody that could have like wooed the sister. Oh, yeah. And, like, um... like convinced her to give him money or give them money, whatever, you know, like playing off of those potentials or something like that. Yeah, I like the idea of like uh, Emma. You know, maybe there was like a, um, she had like a, someone from out of town, like, 
caught her attention, which is why you don't really know about this because he lived like on like outside of town in New Bedford, where the fuck Fairhaven or wherever the fuck she went to. Yeah. And you know he's oft mentioned because no one in Fall River knows who he is, but she's always out gallivanting, mm-hmm. going to the clubs with them, the old timey oh. clubs, the speakeasies. Right. This is way before speakeasies. Way before yeah. it, but. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, she could have been kind of like romanticized by this idea of this this man, and then he just kind of like came in, did so, the murder, and it, but it like it, it didn't it, go out it, his it, way. It right. Didn't end up falling in his favor. Right, because there were too many questions and um, too many things that were bungled. And let's face it, around this time there wasn't a lot of like data collection. You, you know, there wasn't forensic evidence that was like. You know, even if there had been an axe handle with blood, like, they wouldn't have been able to test the blood. Yeah. Like, like, they just would have assumed, hey, it's blood, so it's these dead people's. <laughs> yeah, and she'd be like, oh, father was out hunting for a bear or something, and oh, she... I mean, if... She they, had to use the axe to, like, cut the bear's leg off, and blood got on the handle. And But, like, you, we, they don't know how, like, like, old the blood is. Or, yeah, or, yeah, if you slaughter a chicken, yeah. oftentimes it was like, well, hold the chicken against this tree stump, and somebody else is going to take its head off with an axe. Like, that's how it was done. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of things. but There are I th- a lot of questions. So, I don't... I, I'm not comfortable, like, definitively saying, oh, yes, it was her. I think there is a grand possibility that it was her. Um, all probability points in her direction, <laughs> but because we don't have any additional evidence, especially like forensic evidence or anything like that, there's no way to prove one way or the other. Yeah, so and it I is still kind of like I like the idea too that she had like the dream team of lawyers, like this like arsenal of lawyers at her side, right. probably like the best in town, probably like the best in like the tri-state area or something like right, she, yeah. they, they came from all walks of the world. <laughs> Well, get her off. You know, she probably offered them like a handsome sum of money. So, like, you know, they're yeah, gonna. They, they were just trying to get her off because they knew she was gonna. They were they gonna were, get paid if yeah. she still had controlling interest in all the funds of the family. Like, oh yeah, and um, you know, when you get the right <sighs> gathering of attorneys together, it's you know they can pull strings that need to be pulled. I've seen the whole like fumbling of the O.J. Simpson trial. Like, you know, like yeah, like they just belittled um, poor Marsha Clock. Like, she, like, pretty, like, anyone else in the world, Yeah, it's like an open-shut case right there. It's like, you're gonna, it's gonna be over in, like, a week, but this dream team led by um, Rob Kardashian, I think, Chris, Rob Kardashian, Chris Kardashian's the mom, Chris Jenner. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they just like they belittle the fuck out of her. They just it was like a and really if you think about it, all they have to do is put a question of potential doubt in the jury's mind. They don't even have to prove innocence. All they have to do is slip one little question of doubt into one person on that jury. And if there isn't a unanimous decision that without a uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt this person is guilty they are acquitted. So, like, that's all they have to do is just create a sliver of doubt it's in like a one virus. person. And it's a that's virus it. infecting the rest of the jury. Yeah. And they're like, well, oh, like all right. That's the, the whole premise behind 12 Angry Men. Yeah. The movie 12 Angry and Men. And the movie Jury like, Duty with Polly Shore. <laughs> oh, God. Is there's one person that doubts what is everybody else feels is like overwhelming evidence and argues their case and everybody has this big conversation about it and like you know other people now are doubting it and it ends up with everybody doubting it basically i think that's the the whole premise of 12 angry men so i've like, never seen 12 angry men but i've seen the amy schumer like spoof of it oh my god <laughs> 
seen that as well. But there's also there's a lot of other like pop culture things that have done different spoofs of 12 Angry Men. And that's always the premise is that there's some like little sliver of doubt that one person has. And like based on all this conversation and re re going over all of this evidence that's been presented to them, other people then start doubting it and they end up acquitting. The the reasonable chub. (laughs) Reasonable doubt. Uh, All right. Uh, I think there's one thing that I don't think we've considered. Yeah. You know, Fall River was a textile town. Oh, you think there was something pumping out of those like little chimney stacks and yeah. shit? I've um, driven through that, Fall uh, River and there's always like a lot of buildings with like chimney stacks. A oh, little yeah. tiny like yeah. brick chimney stacks. So yeah. like circular ones. Yeah. Not quite as thick as uh, the nuclear power plant right. stack. but Right. But like you think that Impressive. there might have been something mixed in. It wasn't just, um, yeah. you know, smoke from the textiles. There was something Ooh. else mixed in there. Was there something going on at the so-called textile mill? Was it actually textiles being Ooh. manufactured? Or was it something else? Oh, yeah. You were talking... More trail-like. Yeah, you were talking about uh, Lizzie's uh, fit of rage. Perhaps it was led on by something and mm. not just a period. Not just Jesus a period. Christ. Maybe it was a gaseous chemical. It could be. It could be the gaseous chemical of chemtrails. We're going to have to delve into this next time, I think, because we're going a little over time here. So we're in overtime now. We're going to have to delve into this big time and really get to the bottom of if maybe chemtrails were really at the bottom of this. Yes. So we're going to we're going to cancel our plans. We're not going to talk about... uh, the Diet Loft Pass incident. Instead, we're going to talk about... Uh, chem trails chem trails. And trails of chem. And what they did to the citizens of Fall River in the summer of 1892. Dun, dun, dun. Lizzie Borden sailed the ocean blue. No, but that probably would have been better than who actually did. So. All right. So moving on from that horror. <laughs> yes. Uh, so catch us next time. Catch us on the back end. And as always, and girl... Deuces!